Light beer, dark money. Agree on something. Politics, culture, and the intersection of faith, freedom, and free enterprise. And now, live from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, here are your hosts, Light Beer, Chris Clements, and Dark Money, Sean Noble. Welcome back to another episode of Light Beer, Dark Money. I'm Sean Noble. And I am your humble host, Chris Clements. And today is, uh, it's Thursday. The 23rd. June 23rd. It is Clarence Thomas's birthday. Wow. And that's significant I, for me because uh, Clarence Thomas gave a, gave a speech um, for the Goldwater Institute a number of years ago. And he talked about his road to Damascus. That is, what was his awakening, understanding that he was a conservative, and it was a process because he was raised by his grandfather, mm-hmm. who's you know taught him a lot about self reliance and you know pulling yourself up, you know by the bootstraps and you know creating your own future. Um, and for me, my road to Damascus in getting deeply involved. Uh, you know, to really make the decision to get deeply involved in politics and and into this crazy business um, was the Supreme Court hearings and the Judiciary Committee that Joe Biden chaired um, back when he was a nominee yeah. in uh, 1990. I was going to say two, but it was probably 91. 91. It was that fall um, 91. Yeah. And yeah, it was that was else. I was a freshman in college because I had gone on my church mission, so I was a little bit older than most freshmen. But I skipped a couple weeks of classes and was glued to these hearings, and it was transformational for me because I just couldn't believe how unfairly he was being treated. Um, through that process, and and he has been a remarkable justice, um, and one that is in this day and age. I think he's very underrated. Oh, and he's and, and misunderstood and misunderstood. Yeah. Um, the left has always hated him. Well, They've well, always hated the idea of a conservative African American man. You know. Oh, well, we can we can rant about that the whole time. I mean, the left does not like the idea of not just a conservative African-American, but a conservative Hispanic, a conservative Asian. They believe right. that any person of color or any sort of uh, any person that doesn't fit their narrative about what you should believe if you're if you're African-American or Hispanic or, or whatever. I mean, look what they've done with language, with calling uh, Hispanics Latinx. Which you know, which which nobody. I mean, even even our our good you know liberal friend, uh, congressman here, Ruben Guy. Ru- Ruben Guy. To Ruben, his credit, he's like, we don't do that in my Ruben office. is like is that crazy. doesn't exist, and please stop. Yeah, and that is something that's made up by somebody in a think tank up in New York or Washington D.C. Please stop. And so, I mean, if you don't fit that narrative, and certainly what what Clarence Thomas was was a threat to that narrative. Yeah. And and that uh, and and we're seeing it now in in electoral politics and we're seeing 
uh, it, with the, the rise of groups like Blexit and, and other conservative, African-American conservative base um, think tanks and groups. And, and uh, it's, it's a threat. Yeah. And I, I think it began with people like Clarence Thomas and it just has accelerated. You have somebody like Tim Scott who's up for re-election. Uh, you, you've had other stalwart conservatives within the Republican Party and and they've been treated the same way. Yeah. Well, and and interestingly, I so so if you look at so in in Congress, Will Hurd was the only African American. Uh, oh, actually, no, we have two because we have um, the guy from Florida. Oh, so uh, he's the yeah. only African American member of Congress now because Will Hurd retired. Okay. But yeah, we have Walt Blackman, who's Walt running Blackman. in uh, the rural district. And so that primary is coming up. Uh, we have Tanya Contreras Wheelis mm-hmm. in the Stanton district. Um, so there's two minorities who would replace white guys. Um, we have Juan Siskamami. Siskamani. Siskamani, yeah. who's running in the Tucson area, would replace... And Kirkpatrick. Yeah. So we could go, our delegation could become extremely more diverse than it has been. Yeah, we've had Tanya on the show. We're hoping to have Juan on. But, I mean, she has said it very plainly that she's a threat to the narrative. Yeah. Of the Hispanic narrative of, of, of being a, a liberal Democrat and, right. and being subservient to the state. And you need the government to decide for yourself, your family, and... and uh, in your community, and that what, is a right and, or wrong, and that narrative is changing dramatically uh, over the last few years. As you look at what happened in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas, we had Mary Flores get yeah. a, a, elected in a special election last week in a district. Check this out: in a district that Obama carried by sixty points. Yeah, that. It's like 80%. It's 80% Hispanic. Yeah, or more. Yeah. Uh, Clinton carried it by who knows what, and Biden barely. Or maybe, yeah, he he won the district, but just barely. So they've had this decline of support amongst Hispanics all across the country. And and, and that decline has been accelerating due to several factors. And we've... You know, we've talked about it on the show, and you know, social issues that that the left is pu- are you know is pushing uh, don't jive well with the Hispanic family structure being what it is, and uh, the immigration issue, which is porous if not p- completely broken, well, yeah, and, and I think and is affecting those border communities. So those border communities. So I I, I would assume people are sitting around the dinner table and, and looking at their current circumstances, saying. Why are we voting for these people? All we all we get down here is chaos. Right, and it's interesting when I talk to to liberals, friends of mine who are liberal who live in eastern states mm. or the Midwest, somewhere that's not Arizona or impacted or Texas by these issues, or California. They're just so shocked when they look at polling and they they'd say, "Well, Hispanics are all pro immigration." And I and I said, well, they might be pro-immigration in the sense of a, a but they're not pro-illegal immigration. No, because 
there's so many of our, you know, there's a deep, obviously, Hispanic heritage here in Arizona. And people who have immigrated from Mexico or Central America and did it the right way. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Why I went through, you know, or my family went through the challenge of doing this legally or went through, you know, a process to become legal. Why should these people just get to skip the line? Yeah, but also you have, you know, generational growth in the Hispanic community. You have Hispanics who have settled in generationally, forming their own businesses, uh, you know, expanding their families. And, and it's a whole, you know, that, that generational growth, first, second, third, now fourth generation, yeah. is, you know, is looking at things in a, in a different, different mindset mm-hmm. completely. And, and that's leading to people question, you know, what, what is conservatism? What, 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 what am I? Am I a Democrat? My dad was a Democrat, but am I? And you're seeing that, you know, I think if, if Juan is successful and, and Tanya is successful and, and other conservatives are successful across the country, which it seems like this would be the year for that, especially minority women and, and, uh, and African-American men who are, who are running across the country who are, who are identifying as conservative. It's it's going to be really eye opening, yeah. And it's going to be really great. Well, you have John James up in Michigan. He's running for. He came very close in a Senate race yeah. last cycle. He's running for a congressional district in Michigan. Um, it'll be. It's just. It's. It's going to be a very. It'll be the most diverse Republican freshman class, I think, ever. Which is tremendous. Although last time uh, in the twenty twenty, we had a whole bunch of women. They got elected mm-hmm. in the Republican conference. Um, one of them was Nancy Mace, who just won She's, her primary in South Carolina. Yep. Uh, over, you know, a Trump endorsed, and the attacks that Trump has placed on her has been out have been outrageous. Um, so it's interesting to watch how this all plays out because you know obviously our primary is coming up, early ballots go out in a couple weeks, and. There's a lot of people who are still undecided on these big races, yeah. and so I think, you know, it's going to be interesting. Here, here's here's one thing that I find fascinating is that you have 2020 election, you have all these election deniers, you have people say, "Oh, this is outrageous. We need to get away from from mail in voting. Voting should only <laughs> happen on election day with paper ballots and be hand counted, which is impossible." Yeah, I mean, when you look at the number of items on a ballot. Uh, all these judges and all that kind of thing. Um, Which nobody really knows who they're voting for when they right. vote for judges, right. unfortunately. Um, so I will. Be, it will be fascinating because I know, I know there are people out there who hate mail-in voting. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you that ah, we should never do it. And they're on the permanent voter or early voter list. So they're <laughs> going to get a ballot in sure. a couple of weeks. What are they going to do? Gonna drop I think it they're, off they're going to hold it yeah. and walk it into the polls sure. on election day. They're not going to mail it. No, they're not going to mail it. So we're going to have again. And so what will happen because ballots that are early that are then taken in on election day have to be signature verified, you know, so and things take if, longer. If, if it's close elections, we're going to be waiting days and maybe weeks. Yeah. And that's just, you know, 
that's kind of a function of our own. Well, and that's why, you know, turnout is important. You know, getting your ballot in is important. And, uh, but I think, I think there's some safeguards that we've enacted here in, in the great state of Arizona that, that, that are good ones in terms of election integrity. One of them being no ballot harvesting. Right. Uh, I mean, there's still questions over, you know, uh, how long it took to, to count the election between Kirsten Cinema and Martha McSally and what ballot harvesting went on. You know, probably yeah. negligible, but it was the first sort of look at what is, you know, when people start questioning yeah. what's really happening. And we need to, those are things that we, that thankfully we're putting a lid on. Right. And for early, val- early, early votes, uh, you know, that there's a, there will the legislature referred uh, a language to the ballot that would require ID for early votes. That is, you put in your last four of your social or your driver's license number, which is fantastic. And, yeah. yeah. So, and that'll IDs for voting. Yeah. Imagine, imagine that. that. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Got to use an ID for everything, and it's it's the, the idea that it's somehow unfair. To people if you require an ID is just the it is so demeaning of people yeah You're well telling- it's 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 again putting people in a box and yeah. expecting them to to you know confirm and and conform to your narratives right uh, you aren't smart enough to do this on your own so you need us to protect yeah. you yeah and th- and that is the left demeaning and demoralizing people of Africa African-American descent, Hispanic descent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And Appalachian we've seen descent. Yes. <laughs> Poor white people. <laughs> and we've, we've seen that time and time again, and that tide is turning. Now, Now we've said on this podcast before, we could screw it all up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no question. You know, elections are, matter, candidates matter, and we do have several candidates. The thing that is constant with Republicans. Running that are, you know, questionable. The thing that is constant with Republicans is that we are masters of snatching Defeat from the jaws of victory. Yep. It's a sad commentary, but it's true. It is. I don't know. Well, it is. Well, hold on I mean, tight, thank you folks, because we're going to be uh, watching. We've got a, the primary coming up in the heat. It's crazy. It's I. You know, I have I've argued for many many years. We needed to move our primary earlier because it used to be after Labor Day, right? Yeah. I didn't mean move it to like the beginning of August. No, I think to we screw should up join. The summer. We need to be in like April, May. Yeah, April or May. And I know the legislature hates that because they don't want to do a primary while they're in session and yeah. grow up. Yeah, I, I I think a May primary makes a lot of sense. I mean, just watching how primaries played out this year across the country, especially given the nature of the summers here in Arizona. Yeah. I mean, right now, it's it's even hard. If you're a candidate, it's hard to even do a fundraiser because you can't get anybody to show I up. I mean, it's... It's just everyone leaves, and rightfully so. It's 114 today, probably. And if you're stuck here, you rain. don't want to go do stuff. No. I mean, you just want to hunker down and stay cool. Well, and, 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 and your children are out of school if you have family, and it's, it's not convenient to no. go do anything else. And so around, I think a mid-May primary makes a lot of sense for I like that the state idea. of Arizona. I, I'm for Kids that. are getting out of school. You're, you're still engaged. You're paying attention. 
uh, that's the other thing is that really pe- people don't pay attention to politics until really after Labor Day anyway. Right. So having a primary in August, you know, are, are people really, I, th- I mean, half, half, half of this town is gone. Well, and if you're and here, are they even going to get their ballot? If, if you're here, your brain is fried from yeah. the heat of the last three months. So yeah. it's, so know, thinking straight. <laughs> but thanks for recognizing, you know, the great Clarence Thomas. Yes. And happy uh, birthday. And, and for his contributions, you, you know, the, the the interesting part about about the Supreme Court and, and Clarence Thomas and his tenure is that he he's not known to ask a lot of questions, right? He, Although that's changed the last that has years. changed the last yeah. several years. But for many many he years, years, he without asking would not a ask a question. But his In oral but his writings were scathing. Oh, he, well done. He's one of the best. And, one of the best and well thought out, and nobody nobody questions his intellect, even the, the ones on the other side. Yeah who served with him. Uh, in fact, I think Sotomayor gave him praises the other day in a, in some kind of deal that she was at and she got booed and she said, he's, he's, he's the one, he's the brightest among us. It's amazing. So, the divisions over this. Yeah, I we mean, can't accept people for, for their, their intellectual prowess and whether we agree with them or, or yeah, disagree. I, t- with I disagreed with them. almost everything that Ruth Bader Ginsburg decided and wrote, but man, she was smart. And she was a trailblazer. Well, and she and Scalia were like best, best of friends yeah. and and respected one another intellectually. And I think that is the key to yep. our republic. Exactly. Respect. They respected one another intellectually and enjoyed they did. The, the intellectual jousting and on the court. Yeah. I mean Which is that's what makes politics fun. Right. If we it's all agree funny. on the same thing and we and we can't Discuss those just disagreements in a, in a intellectually way. sound and civil way. Then what's the point? Yeah. Well, so we're going to see a lot of intellectual uh, <laughs> gymnastics over the next couple of weeks as yeah. these as the SCOTUS sends down a bunch of opinions. Yeah, be, so. be watching next week, folks. Yep. All righty. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>